think a majority of us, including myself, didn't have the best self-esteem, did not know what we were doing with our lives, and did not know how we were going to get to wherever it was we may have wanted to be when we were still teenagers. All right, folks, welcome back to Ice Tea with your Vice P. This episode goes out to anyone who is not wearing the correct color socks today. Joining me today in the studio, I have Shin, who is a second year in the Bachelor of Game Design program and also the chairman of the SSU Board of Directors. So let's welcome him to the table here. Welcome, Shin. Thank you very much, Jessica. It's a pleasure to be here. So let's talk about Shin. When you came to, to campus for the first time now, how long have you been on Sheridan campus? Um, well, as much as I do love Sheridan, I can also and confidently say too long. <laughs> I came to Sheridan when I, oh man, I, although I did take a couple of years off school, I came to Sheridan when I was 18 and I am now 25. So I've been on and off a Sheridan student. Okay, well, with two years, no, two, three, three, three. Okay, I've been a Sheridan student for about four or five years. Let's go with that. All right. So four or five years. So you were not in the uh, the game design program. Where did you start? Um, I started actually with the York Sheridan design program when oh, cool. Sheridan and York still had a joint program in graphic design. However, um, after that, I... Well, I mean, not after that. During that, the the craft and design program was formed. And prior to post-secondary in general, I had a huge, profound love for ceramics, actually, making pottery and sculpting with clay. So I had a long conversation with my parents, and I said, guys, uh, I know you guys wanted me well, me, first of all, they wanted me to be an engineer or a doctor. But that aside, <laughs> I know you guys want me to get my bachelor's degree as quickly as possible. But I, I just felt that if I didn't do ceramics, like pr seeking it professionally and truly getting it out of my system, truly doing the craft to the full ex extent I could, I feel like it was one of those things in my life where I would end up regretting it to one of those what if moments in my life and so I just really needed to get ceramics out of my system. So how did your parents accept that or not accept that that decision that you've made? Because I'm, I'm sure you're not the only student that struggled with this. We are an arts campus on Trafalgar and you know I believe you're definitely not the only student that's had to go to the parents and be like no mom I want to follow an art path <laughs> and the parents have probably been like no 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 no, no. Oh, I see. I see Shen. He's scrunching up his face in pain right now. This was a painful conversation. Let's delve into that a little bit. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's touch base. Not pain, more of uh, ironic laughter. But <laughs> you do ask a very, very fair question that I also recognize that I'm certainly, definitely not one of, I'm certainly not the only one that has to have had this type of conversation with their parents. Me personally, I come from a very traditionalist Chinese background. Um, which is a very education-focused, uh, STEM career-focused background. And I guess a little bit of background. My mother is an accountant, and my dad is a PhD in electrical engineering. So oh, wow. So they, very they, Very, very um, science and math-oriented backgrounds. And as a, ever since I was a kid, they... Wow, ever since I can remember, actually. They've always had me do extracurriculars and 
orient me on a pathway towards engineering or medicine. And you know what? It was a very, very difficult conversation, especially when I was a teenager, especially when I was so unsure with everything, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, there are absolutely teenagers who do know what they want with their life. And there are absolutely teenagers who are genuinely confident and have good self-esteem and know what they're doing and how they're going to get there. However, this is just my personal opinion, but I do think that's in the minority. I think a majority of us, including myself, didn't have the best self-esteem, did not know what we were doing with our lives and did not know how we were going to get to wherever it was we may have wanted to be when we were still teenagers and for me personally it was a very difficult conversation to have with my parents um but at the end of the day i specifically for these types of situations honesty is key it truly you have to just sit down with your parents and genuinely have a heart to heart no matter what kind of relationship you have with them positive or negative you have to be honest with them and say something to the line of hey i know that what what you expected me to be what you wanted me to be was something in my interest for my interest that i know you guys just want to want me to have a good life in the future when i'm when i'm on my own as an adult in my whatever 20s 30s 40s etc but there is something that i need to do for myself there are some things that I need to try for myself. And if that means failure, it it means it's something that I have to fail on my own as well. Because at the end of the day, you raise me to take care of myself and you raise me to be strong. And strength isn't just being smart. Strength isn't just solely focused on education. Strength is facing adversity, accepting and finally overcoming failure. And ooh, it was a very difficult conversation. And trust me, they one, they won't accept your answer immediately. And, of course not. And two, they'll definitely need a while to think on how to respond to you. You know, after they give your initial response of, you're full of crap. Or you're going to fail. You're going to ruin this family. You're going to. Oh, oh, man. Oh, (laughs) no. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go there. You've triggered me. After you put up with all of their berating, they, they will also realize that just as you know that what they're doing is for your sake, they'll also realize that they love you more than more than they love the idea of what they want you to be. How's your relationship with them right now? Do they do they respect your choices now? It's been a few years. Well, I think they've always respected, not necessarily my choices, but my perspective and directive on things, as in how I approached my choices. Mm-hmm. And I think they have come to accept the idea that no matter how hard I fail, I believe that they trust that I'll be able to get back up, get back on my feet and overcome failure. I love that. So we have, I just recorded an episode that will be out next week about overcoming failure. So we're going to delve into that a little bit more um, because that is quite an interesting topic in itself. Awesome. Is there anything on your list or in your mind that stands out as, uh, you know, I really wish that if I was 18 again, like what would I have told my 18 year old self? 
Oh, you know what? There is something that uh, came to mind. It's about, uh, I guess, maintaining your schedule mm -hmm. and actively following through. All right. You know, because I think at the end of the day, follow through is really important, especially uh, for me personally, because I was always great at time management in the sense of making a schedule and planning things out with good like leeway and time to spare. But what I was terrible at is following through with said schedule. I can relate. <laughs> it's like the, the say do ratio right here. Are you still terrible with following through or is this something you're working on? Well, you know what? I definitely think it is something I'm working on. I definitely think I have gotten better. But it's funny because as I was as a kid and even like during high school, I, I was great at follow through. But somewhere along the line, I kind of lost my way and just stopped caring. And later and during my earlier years in post-secondary, especially here at Sheridan, it really did impact me. It, it made a really big negative uh, impact on my life, on my schedule on my grades mm -hmm. and you know what i eventually realized enough is enough i gotta grow up i i you know as much as it sucks i'm not a kid anymore i and even if i tell myself i don't care it still has an impact on my life it does now when you say you don't have follow-through are you referring to like little events or is this working on group projects? Was there any specific part that was impacting your, your school experience the most? Uh, absolutely. And you know what? That's a very good point. Me personally, I think the thing that I was afraid of the most actually was letting down other people. I had the mentality of it's okay if I screw myself over, but it's not okay for me to screw other people over. So more of like a fear of missing out or fear of... I, I think I just didn't want like, even if I fail, I, I, I don't want to be the reason why other people fail. Okay. But at the same time, that doesn't mean I should just let myself fail. I, I was in a really, I guess, negative mindset mm -hmm. during my earlier years of uh, at Sheridan. Not because of Sheridan, just my personal life. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, for students that are struggling with that, I mean, again, um, there's many of us out there that, that do have these concerns. And they get up and they're like, I can't motivate myself and I don't care. And I've made a schedule and I have all these assignments and now I've got anxiety over it and I have no one in my life right now that is actively managing those things for me uh, that can be a really hard thing to navigate for the first time ever because it's not like just it's not one thing that hits you at once it's not just a negative mindset and you don't have a support stretch and you don't have your parents waking you up in the morning it's not just you have a list of things to do and you don't really feel like doing it it's it's all of the above and then it's your grades and people are telling you oh it's your future and uh, there's a lot of pressure to succeed and uh, that I think that that in itself is is enough to just cause people to shut down um, especially at this time in the semester when midterms are hitting and you know there's a lot on everyone's plate and I think everyone on the inside right now is just feeling that crunch just a little bit even if they look like they're you know fallen they're not um so I mean how did how would you what advice would you give to students that are trying to overcome these issues well that's a that's really difficult because I think at the end of the day it's really about the individual on how they deal with stress deal with anxiety and deal with the adversities that they face in their own lives because we all experience uh, events differently mm -hmm. 
and we all deal with them differently. But a more general advice I can give is, as hard as it is, take take it one step at a time, and and try and just enjoy the small successes. Mm-hmm. Because for me personally, when I first try to overcome. And you know what? Ultimately, it was a situation that I set up for myself that I let spiral out and get out of control. But when I eventually come to terms with it, and when I eventually started telling myself, "Okay, it's time to get your get your life together," it really was difficult. It, and I'm not saying I have my life together, but and I'm still I'm still on route to. I think we all are, though. I think everyone is. Everyone is a work in progress. So you know what that that is fair, and we are all a, a wonderful work in progress. And like even just getting, I think you'll find like you could talk to your faculty program advisors, you could talk to the administration, the office people that have been in their jobs for you know twenty, thirty, forty years, and uh, I'm sure at least one prof has forgotten to respond to your email or been like, oh my bad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know we we are all there, and being an adult or being grown up doesn't mean that you're hitting everything out of the park all the time. No, absolutely not. No, um, you're going to have these little failures. No, no one is perfect. Um, and even celebrities, even like not 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 celebrities like, well, yes, including celebrities like movie stars, but even academic celebrities mm-hmm. like like uh, Elon Musk or or wow. Well, uh, it's OK. You said Elon Musk. I'm such a Musk fangirl. Over here, that yeah, I'm do, like, that's do, all. Do, do you get do you get musky over him? Oh my god! <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm just like, sorry. tell me more about the flamethrower that you built. <laughs> oh god, I love the boring company. I love <laughs> the that boring n- company. I know it's it's brilliant. Great, it's a great name. It's brilliant. It's a great I, name. <laughs> I think the man is a genius. But I, yeah, we yeah, but in, in terms including people like Elon Musk, we only see yeah, we only see the successes. That's why we see them as successful. We don't see all of their failures. We don't see all of the adversity and hardships they go through. Great article though about like how much of a jerk he is in real life. Like I've I've heard so many people like from his ex wife, she posted some huge thing about when because he used to own he used to well he created PayPal. Yeah. Um so back in his PayPal days, um she released some scathing article and I was like, who the heck is this Musk guy? Now he's like very big and you know he put a car in space, which is just a wonderful I'm, I'm, thing. I, I'm, I'm down for that car in Over, space. Overkill is just a magical thing. I can always get behind you know, that. I, I can always get behind that, yeah. But yes, no, I, 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 I've read and I, you know, I've done some, some reading that he himself, he has a crazy schedule, but you know, in various other elements of his life, he's much far from perfect. And it's this, this fear of perfection that, that kind of holds us back mm-hmm. that, you know, it's just like, no, I need to be perfect. So I'm not grown up until I'm perfect at everything. But it's like, hey, you got out of bed today and you went to your morning class. And that's more than some can say for themselves. On, honestly, as as cheesy or or insignificant as that sounds, that's absolutely true. It's, you know what? Even for myself, I'll, I'll happily admit it. When I first told myself to get my life together getting out of bed and just getting to class even if i'm late even if there's only like half an hour left of class that was an achievement amazing good for you because you know what yeah today i arrived in class with half an hour left but then next time i'll arrive 
with an hour left, then half of class left, then only 15 minutes late, and eventually, slowly but surely, I'll be able to arrive in, on time to class every time. It, it's about, like I said, it's about the little steps. It's about the small achievements. And they are, they seem, they might seem insignificant to others. They might seem insignificant in general, but they are achievements to you. And that's what's important. And a big part is not comparing your life to other people's lives. Mm. Because, you know, there's always going to be that kid in your class that shows up at every class and gets all their work done. I know I definitely have one in my class. I'm like, oh, my God, you're so great. How do you do that? But you know what? Exactly. Even with them, though, you don't know the hardships they go through. It's it's entirely true. Just whether it's a classmate that seems to overachieve in class or Elon Musk. You don't know what they go through in order to to seem successful. You don't see their failures. You only see their successes. And I'm not saying that, you know, they do or don't go through hardships. But the important thing, as as you said, Jessica, is to not compare. And you know what? That's also the most important but also hardest thing to do, which is not compare yourself. Don't compare yourself. yourself to others. And, you know, in a, in a high competitive program um, of which we have many, it's very hard not to compare yourself to the other people in class because it feels like you're competing. So suddenly you've, you've come into this environment that's almost competitive and combative in some way. How do you deal with that? And you know what? You're absolutely right because as, 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 as cruel or cynical as it may seem, at the end of the day, when you graduate, you are competing not only against your fellow graduates, but you're competing against a whole industry. And that might seem overwhelming. And to to a degree, it is overwhelming. Like, I'm in the game industry, right? How am I going to compete with people like that, that, that run Nintendo or, or, or PlayStation or, or, or Blizzard? You know, how do I compete with all these professionals? And just, as, just like my advice of getting your life together, one step at a time. It's like one little bit. Just do the thing. Exactly. Well, I mean, like exactly. you can't you can't be the best in your field if you don't get out of bed in the morning. Exactly. <laughs> and and in in order to be the best in your field, you have to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. You you're not just placed on top right off the bat. You got to work for it. And as difficult and as much of an uphill battle as it may seem, you do have to work for it. Nobody. Is given success. Success is something that you achieve for yourself, but at the same time, success is something you also define for yourself, mm-hmm. and that's truly the highlight of it. It's how do you define your own success? Don't like let other, don't let other definition definition. Of success. Yeah, don't let others define success for you. To you, what do you find to be successful, and what what is your success? So, roping that back around to the conversation that you may have, or you know, you may or may not have had with your parents about, you know, I want to go into an arts program or I want to go into ceramics and they want me to be a medical doctor. Um, that's their version of, of what successful looks like. And, and I, exactly. They, they just they just want the best for me, in my opinion, at least. I'm sure there are exceptions, but I don't think any parent actively wants to see their child fail. Oh, of course not. Of course not. And many of them have come from various countries you yourself said that you have a very traditional chinese family that they've you know we are a culture of immigrants here and as a culture of immigrants we are the fresh and fancy new generation in this brand new place where we can live and they want you to you know make a life for yourself because they've many of our parents have 
had personal struggles along the way and they they don't want to see their children have those same struggles mm-hmm. so it is important to the parents um, but it is also important for that student or you know as a child to deep down look into yourself and decide what successful successful means to you and, and you know what that really was the big turning point for me it and was then, when i came to the realization mm-hmm. that my parents definition of success is not my definition of success right and then you know finding those those ways to communicate it to your parents be like no i'm, I'm really amazing at, at drawing and i want to share that with you and become really great and i'm um, showing them that you know this is this is my measure of success or my measure of success is being able to go out and live on my own in an apartment without a roommate and that's successful. I don't need to own a house at 30, but I'd like to be self-sufficient at 30. And how am I going to do that in a way that brings me happiness at the time? Because I, I do, I have, um, I'll confess, I do have a personal friend of mine that was pushed into a career that she's now very successful in. And uh, she does very well. She has enough money to live on her own downtown in Toronto, which is quite a huge deal. Like, I don't know anyone else that can afford a place downtown. But uh, what what she does come to me all the time and talk about is that uh, she's really jealous of me for being in the programs that I'm in. And she, she wishes that she had had the grace or the, the, the courage to study something out of the box that she really was passionate about. And now she feels that she works for a paycheck and, and that's fine because then she spends her paycheck on things that she loves to do. But there's a part of her that, that in her work field is unfulfilled. And I think finding that fulfilling work field and finding that fulfilling program is is a huge part of that personal success piece. Um, and that could also mean being in a program that you're not sure you're like and having the courage to change it and to know like when to maybe step aside and be like, maybe I should look at going into something different. Oh, absolutely. You know what? I think one of the biggest difficulties in life in general is having the courage to step into the unknown. That unknown, that void of uncertainty is terrifying for me, for you, for everyone. There's that, there's that, I don't know if I'll make it out okay uh, feeling that is absolutely mortifying to, to anybody. And you know what, a friend, uh, sounds it sounds really fake, but a friend of a friend of mine, or a friend, a friend of mine's relative okay. actually recently just quit uh a high paying position at google oh wow yeah right like you think google wow you think wow that's that's the epitome of modern day i hear google renovation has nap time yeah they and, have rooms where you can go and just take a nap why would you want to leave that yeah right and <laughs> they they pay for your food they they treat their employees well uh and you you hear all these wonderful things about google and you know what i'm sure it's a great company to work for definitely better than some companies i've come to know but that's the thing though apparently what they were feeling was unfulfillment they worked at google as some sort of engineer and although it's socially it's a absolutely you know successful job you know it's a renowned company it was a high paying job and socially they were successful they were feeling so unfulfilled that they, they that they quit and to many I'm sure including my parents if if I if I was in that position they would think that that would be an unthinkable choice why would you give up job security and 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 high paying job to to 
especially without knowing what you're going to do next. Because right now, for the time being, uh, I could be wrong, but I think they just moved back with their parents for the time being, I mean, which is fine. Okay, secondly, quick side point, <laughs> there's never any shame in living with your parents. If I could be living with my parents right now, I absolutely would because my parents are lovely and they wouldn't make me pay rent. And oh, the pain of having to give up hundreds and hundreds of dollars each month just to just to, to sleep somewhere in, in oh, box, it is yes. yeah like i my my rent fee was uh for my last apartment was seventeen hundred dollars a month oh that's rough so yes i i now live with my parents or and my mom shout out to mom honestly like good on you good on you there is no way that i can pay my program fees and seventeen hundred dollars a month and live in an apartment and be able to eat yeah, honestly, there is no shame in living with your parents. Like I said, I'd happily live with my parents right now if they were in the same city. And, you know, it comes down to, again, that measure of success and, and your friend who who most people would be like, would balk and they'd be like, what? Like, why? But maybe that his vision of success is not sitting at Google. Maybe that is the, you know, the vision of a success that was told to him by somebody else. And I think that especially our generation, like millennials and, and beyond and beyond. I like that beyond generation. Yeah, the beyond. The beyond generation. So I mean, these gen, what are they now? Gen Y? Gen, gen I, I, I think no. Zen, gen, Z gen Z and Zoomers. Zoomers? What's a Zoomer? I think it's like something between a Boomer and a Gen Z. They're Zoomers. That's a millennial, isn't it? Wait. <laughs> Maybe Zoomers is just a funner way of saying Gen Z. I have no idea. I like that, though. I, it's like, it sounds fun. Um, but I think we're living in a world where our measures of success have been set for us by by the boomers for the most part who have come out with a life plan. And, you know, how many of you out there are thinking like, oh, I need to go into college the minute that I'm out of high school and I need to graduate at what, like 22, 23? You know, you know, I was one of them. I was one of them. And if I don't graduate by 23 and I don't get a job in the working force and I'm not married with kids in my own house while I'm before I'm 30. I'm doing it wrong. Well, it's like, are oh. you doing it wrong? Oh, honestly, though. And this goes back to what I said about n not comparing yourself to others because it's really hard because, you know, what? I'm currently 25. I'm still uh, I'm still a college student and I don't have a bachelor's degree yet. I'm just working on my first one still. But you know what? I have friends who are now who have their master's working uh, prof professional jobs, being adults. I have friends who are now doing their PhDs. Well, like this goes back to a conversation about like what is success, you know? Like you don't you don't have to be someone else's definition of successful. You don't have to be someone else's definition of an adult. What is an adult to you? Are you happy with where you are and who you are right now? If you are, then you know what? Congratulations. Like, well done. Honestly, because not everyone can find that answer for themselves. It's difficult. But it's but as if you're not happy with that person, like, are you on the journey that is, you know, giving you the steps to get there? Like, if if you're not the person that you want to be, are you at least on the way there? Like, are you doing the thing that that's going to help you? So two years from the line, is future you going to look back at past you and be like, thanks, past me, for setting me up for success? Y you know what? That's truly important. It's just because you're not, if you're not happy with where you are, what are you going to do about it? A lot of people, okay, not, I, I hope I don't come off too judgy when I say this, but unfortunately, Judge a lot away, of- Judge away, friend. We're spilling tea here on iced tea. <laughs> with the ice, ice cold tea right here. Unfortunately, a lot of people, they do complain, but I, 
never see them act on it. I, I, see I don't see too. them. I don't see them do anything about it. And I'm not saying, oh, if you don't do anything about it immediately, you're unsuccessful or anything like that. But no, what I mean is, what are you gonna? If you're unhappy with where you are, I'm I'm sorry to say this, but no one else is gonna swoop in and 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 change things for you. They're not gonna save you from your unhappiness. As cliched as it may be, only you can make yourself happy. Absolutely.、Mm-hmm. So it's 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 only you. I mean, you are the you are the catalyst, and you are the you know the measure of your own success. So if it's comes down to really what you want to do, but it, it on that thread, it's still completely okay. And I think part of being a responsible adult is knowing when. You need help with something, and whether that is, oh my God, I need to get a tutor because you can do that here at Sheridan College. You can get yourself a tutor. You can visit a counseling session if you feel like you need therapy. We have options for that. Even if it's like, I need to. Oh yeah, we have put, wonderful counselors here. But even if it's like beyond that, even if it's a matter of like, I have spent way too much time doing my homework. Like there are students here that do nothing but study. And you know what? That's absolutely true. And I know some people who. Have gone through programs, including Sheridan, and they were like, "Yeah, I just spent my entire time、uh, studying. I didn't make any friends, and I, I don't feel like I had a college experience." Well, you know what? I mean, you first of all, I'll be your friend, but secondly, I'm sorry to hear that, but no one is gonna, no sa- gonna swoop, swoop in、you. and save you from that. You, you gotta, to you gotta、it. get out there. You gotta do it for yourself. It, it's, it's, it's really scary. I, I do, I do sometimes hear. Uh, some students complaining about how there isn't much of a campus culture here at Sheridan, and how about there isn't enough, there aren't enough things to do at Sheridan. And you know what? I get it. Sometimes it's hard when there aren't necessarily any specific organized events that you're interested in. But at the same time, it's my personal opinion that a campus culture is defined by the students.、Mm-hmm. It's like you make the culture that you live in. Exactly. If you want that culture, I, I know it sounds like I'm kind of pushing the responsibility off here, but if you want a, a culture, if you want a certain type of experience, you you kind of gotta make it. Cause, like, just as sometimes you don't know what you're doing, sometimes the college doesn't know what they're doing in terms of appealing to its students. Cause students change every year for them, and if a certain type of event or thing worked one year. Unfortunately, it may not for the next year because there's a new wave of students. There are new waves of students every single year, so it's hard for the college and the SSU to immediately know what will click with the students. It's a difficult job, so sometimes we kind of need the feedback. We kind of need the students to be like, "Yeah, you know what? Right now, we really like this kind of thing." And it, I'd love to hear that because、uh, you know what? We'll make it happen. We yeah, the SSU. I'll put that right out there. If you guys have particular events or partnerships that you want to bring up and you want to see or stuff you want to get involved in,、uh, feel free to reach out to your student,、uh, your student leaders. So if it's clubs, if it's、um, event team, or even your vice presidents,、um, we're we're willing to kind of put things into motion for you. So I have some advice here that was、um, that was posted on a shared in LinkedIn thread. Oh. That I thought was quite interesting, where it asked Sheridan alumni what recommendations or what advice they would give to new students at Sheridan College. So I'm going to read a couple of these out for you,、um, so we can go through some of these. Sure, hit me. So hashtag advice: just go with the flow and enjoy the ride. I think that's that's solid advice. You know what? Yeah, sometimes you just got to go with the flow. Just kind of 
let let the experience take you. You can discover new things about yourself. That's <laughs> so true. So the first thing I would say to the future grads is follow your heart. No matter what obstacles you'll encounter, just keep going. When you trip or fall, pick up yourself and say, I can still do it. Don't look back. Just focus on that moment and you'll find yourself moving closer towards reaching your goals. Coffee break, Christian. Yeah, I definitely reached my goal there. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's that's a great idea. And I think that goes back to what you were saying earlier, Shin, about like even just um, getting your parents to understand that you want to follow your heart and you want to follow your goals no matter what obstacles you're going to encounter. Like you'll, you'll keep going and you'll fail on your own if you need to go there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next piece, we have embrace every project, lecture, all night study sessions, solicit advice from your favorite prof, and believe in yourself. These years ahead of you are relevant and will prepare you for a great career. Oh my God, that's actually such a great one. Because you know what? I, I get, I'm sure you all understand that your prof has hundreds of students to teach, and they probably do. But that's the thing. Profs, at least to me, and, or sorry, not to me, to my experience, have always, always been open to feedback and to helping out students. Like, uh, I don't think I've ever actually met a prof that I thought, hey, they kind of suck. I love my profs so much and the feedback they give me is so relevant that I'm afraid to leave school. Kind of, yeah. Like, honestly, <laughs> I genuinely do hope that I stay in touch with most of my profs once I graduate. Cause, and, and that's a funny thing. I don't know thing. what I'm going to do I actually still stay in <laughs> Actually, though, because, like, not only are they caring, but they actually do hope that you succeed. They do. I, I, and and they, they really, really try to work for it and make it happen. Don't be afraid to ask your prof for help. Don't be afraid to ask your prof for advice because, you know what? More likely than not, they will be happy to give you that help and advice. And I think for the most part, it's really great advice as well. We oh, have some absolutely. Fantastic they know. Faculty at Sheridan College. Shout out to my amazing professors. Oh, seriously. Shout out to my amazing professors too in game design. I have, like, I, I know everyone has their own experiences, but me personally, I am blessed that every single teacher I've had in game design so far have been phenomenal extraordinary professors all unique and all just fantastic all of them amazing so future game design uh students there you go we have an alumni here from a bba in marketing Ooh. who says seek support when you need it there are so many great resources and people on campus ready to help so right in there yep um, i always same recommend thing that profs are great so i always recommend counselors study groups tutoring it's all there for you Oh, yeah, and the external resources, too. We have a great, great tutoring program here where students helping students. I was a peer tutor. Oh, well, there you go. Then no wonder you're, no wonder you're so wonderful at helping others. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Compliments. So what, what, what have we got here? Uh, keep an open mind. I'm all about this one. Keep an open mind. The path you have started on may not be where you end up. Oh, absolutely. Be prepared to change and evolve as you learn more. Enjoy the journey. Change will always come to you. Change will always happen. And at the end of the day, it's not about whether or not you change because you will change. It's about how you receive and adapt to that change. So speaking of change, how did you get from ceramics to game design? Well, okay, I, 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 I know this sounds a bit crude, 
But I personally, and no offense to anybody in the program or in the industry, but I personally knew that I would not become a professional ceramicist. I just really loved doing it. I just really loved working clay, molding clay, working with clay, and then, and then vitrifying it in a kiln and just, just making things out of clay. So it really was a matter of getting it out of my system so that I'm not like, oh, I want to do clay. I want to make more stuff. It was really a matter of me making things, like not necessarily just doing yourself, it as a job or something like that. Yeah. And then we're able to move on and yeah. find something else. And so you know, what? it was a hard decision for me to come and come to game design because as a kid, I was always drilled and 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 taught that games are a waste of time games will never get you anywhere blah 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 and you know what to a certain extent I, like, I you know i still believe it but at, at the same time exactly industry. exactly and you know what it's not just a phase mom <laughs> yeah oh god yeah it was absolutely it's not just a phase mom sort of situation because just as the conversation i had with my parents with getting into graphic design and then that really heavy conversation with doing ceramics then came the the one more super heavy conversation of okay i've made my career choice parents and please hear me out oh man there was there was <laughs> Mom, tension Dad? in the air that night oh i want to be a video game designer what you'll bring dishonor to us all <laughs> it, it's fine i'm asian I, I, I can i can say things like that Oh, oh dear. Well, I'm I'm really happy that you seem to be thriving in your program. Right and, now. and you know what? It, it it wasn't a decision I came to lightly. I personally had to think about it for like a genuine like year and a half. Because after uh, ceramics, I kind of uh, kind of just worked for a bit because I I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. But what I did know, what I did want is for the next decision I make, for the next education and industry I pursue. That is the one that I'm going to stick to. That is the one that I will do my utmost to get a job out of and and live and, and be able to support myself in. Something that I can do, feel satisfaction, and feel something that I can call success. And genuinely, it was a hard year and a half of deliberating. But for me, you know what I did? I looked at all the people in my life that I saw either as successful or as happy with their lives. And I, I asked them all, hey, what got you to where you are now? And after having so many conversations over that year and a half, the common answer that I came to was actually, it was something that they did as a child. Interesting. Yeah, it related to them when they, it relates to them somehow when they were a child during their childhood. And now they're successful or happy with their job. And you know what? Generally, both. They're usually both successful and happy because it was something that they loved doing as a kid. So I thought to myself, what did I actually enjoy doing as a kid? What did I? Well, well something that I, I, I kind of just naturally floated to without ever thinking it was work or study. It was something that I just loved doing. And you know what? It wasn't just playing with friends was making up games with friends i loved making up games for everyone to do together i loved making like making ideas for 
for other people to play. It brought me joy when I when I saw other people enjoying the thing I made. And and at that point, when I finally came to that conclusion, I was like, all right, I think I know. I'm going to be a game designer. I love that. And I think that is such a wonderful sentiment to leave it on. So for everyone out there that is looking to find your measure of success and is sitting there at home, at school, wherever you are listening to this today and is feeling like, oh my God, I'm not an adult. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Um, there's some really great tips and tricks here and some some internal reflection. Hopefully that gave you some guidance. For more straight tea talks, you can join us every two weeks here at Ice Tea with Advice P. I want to thank Shin for his uh, guest commentary today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Oh, you're so welcome. And to everyone else, thank you so much for listening.